the Liberty Cast with Big E, the man who makes the founders seem like moderates. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is the Liberty Cast, and I'm your host, Big E. And uh, conservatives had a pretty good week this week, didn't we? We had uh, Judge, now Justice Kavanaugh, uh, confirmed to the Supreme Court. Um, We also had uh, some pretty good economic news that got overshadowed by everything going on with uh, Judge Justice Kavanaugh and a few other things in pop culture that we may get to. And I did want to touch on uh, a Chicago cop that was found guilty of uh, murdering Laquan McDonald. Um, And like I said, a few other things we may get to if we have time. But uh, with that, let's uh, go ahead and get started. Round one. So Brett Kavanaugh has now been confirmed and sworn into the Supreme Court. He is now Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, This has been a long and arduous fight, and it's really not over. Um, The left has vowed to investigate and possibly impeach uh, Justice Kavanaugh if they get the majority. Now, I don't know about you folks, but I'm really, really tired of this. Conservatives, we need to get out and vote in November to make sure that uh, their plan cannot uh, be put into action. Getting back to the the nomination process, though, this has been a debacle from the word go. Uh, The Dems announced right off the bat that they were going to oppose whoever Donald Trump nominated, and they proved that they will stop at nothing uh, to regain power. Now, with the last minute bomb drop of Uh, Christine Blasey Ford's allegations to the Ramirez allegations and then uh, the gift that uh, the creepy porn lawyer gave us with Julie Swetnick's allegations of gang rape. Thank you, creepy porn lawyer, because without that and how it illustrated just how silly each, how progressively silly each uh, accusation got, uh, there's a chance that uh, as close as the vote was to confirm him, that it could have been flipped the other way. Now, some people are suggesting that uh, Senator Flake's demand for a a one-week delay to uh, further investigate helped uh, get him confirmed. I don't know if I buy that, really, because if he runs for another office, and I think he will run for another office as a Democrat in the next few years, um, I'll know that I'm right. But on the bright side, uh, Susan Collins' speech on the Senate floor, uh, that was amazing. It wasn't a fiery, exciting speech, but she laid out a thoughtful, methodical case for why Brett Kavanaugh should be confirmed to the Supreme Court. She called out the, the leakers of Ford's letter. She pointed out why it's so important that we have a presumption of innocence in this country and how allegations against Kavanaugh had zero for corroborative evidence. I actually got into it on social media with somebody uh, over this past week where I contended that the left and many of the people who vote Democrat and and by extension, the people who are protesting, and uh, I'm going to circle back to that in a minute, but the people who vote Democrat hate freedom and hate the Constitution. They are openly and brazenly demanding that due process be abandoned in the name of hashtag me too. 
Now, when the Me Too movement started, I believe that it is uh, important that women be able to report these things, talk about these things that are happening, and, and, and make sure that the people who are perpetuating these heinous acts against women are brought to justice and women can feel safe about talking about them. I get that. But it has been weaponized to the point where the mere allegation of something like that can be can be used to bring down uh, somebody who has had no incidents, no pattern of behavior that would suggest something like this. So, I mean, it's it's really sad that something that started off with such good intentions has been ruined uh, by the left. But you can't empower women by demeaning and threatening men. And make no mistake, the weaponization of Me Too, the fact that mere allegations can ruin someone's reputation and career, is a threat. Regardless of how low the percentages of uh, false reports of rape and sexual assault, it is a threat. One that all men and parents of young men and boys need to be mindful of. But let's circle back to the, the, the protesters for a second. Did you see those mindless automatons preparing uh, for their protests? Just, just, just listen to this. On cloture. Voting on cloture. In thirty minutes. In thirty minutes. Meet me to the left. Meet me to the left. If you would like to go to an office. If you would like to go to an office. To spend time. Spend time. With your senator. With your senator. What the hell was that? After seeing that, there's no way that anyone can convince me that the left is not mired in groupthink or that they have a hive mind mentality. Unfortunately, that is one of the reasons why they are so formidable. Even though their ideas are horrible, they continue to have some success, although that success is limited now under under Donald Trump. But historically, they have had so much success because once they get behind something, they are behind it 100 percent and there is no wavering because they have that hive mind mentality. They do not allow their members to to break ranks under any circumstances, whereas on the right, conservatives appreciate nuance. They appreciate diversity of thought. And because of that, there is always going to be some level of disagreement among conservatives. And while not, but when you're going up against the left who are in consistent lockstep with each other, um, that it, it makes those fights that much more difficult. The opponents to uh, Justice Kavanaugh's nomination, uh, the media, they've been, and everyone who's been protesting so vociferously, they've been laser focused on how his appointment to the Supreme Court is going to affect Roe v. Wade, quote unquote, women's reproductive rights and sexual assault victims. Those are abstractions that will take some brilliant legal arguments uh, before they even get to the Supreme Court. But what hasn't been focused on is the fact that this is a great win for 
those of us who are advocates for and appreciate the Second Amendment. His judicial philosophy is to interpret the Constitution as it is written, and I'm quoting now, informed by history and tradition and precedent. Those are his words and how he's describing his judicial philosophy. This is exactly what a Supreme Court justice is supposed to do. How, how refreshing is that? There was a case before the D.C. Circuit back in 2011 uh, where Kavanaugh wrote a dissenting opinion where he applied uh, the standard that asks whether a gun law or regulation has been historically or traditionally accepted instead of deciding whether a local, state, or federal government's interest in public safety outweighs the constitutional protections for gun ownership. That type of reasoning is exactly what is needed in our judiciary all throughout from the Supreme Court on down. So this is a, a great win for the Second Amendment. As I said in the open, uh, Justice Kavanaugh was confirmed and then sworn in shortly thereafter. Uh, I wasn't expecting that until uh, Tuesday, but uh, to that I say congratulations, Justice Kavanaugh. Let's leave that there, and uh, when we get back, we're going to uh, talk about the left and their meltdown and uh, focus on a specific person and highlight uh, the hypocrisy that's not just with uh, this particular individual, but it, it illustrates the left's hypocrisy as a whole. Welcome back. You're listening to the Liberty Cast, and I'm your host, Big E. Round two. In case it hasn't been uh, uh, already apparent from her antics of late, uh, noted left-wing activist Alyssa Milano has pretty much gone batshit crazy. Excuse my French. I used to be a really big fan of hers. Um... Her show, Who's the Boss, was on when I was a kid. Uh, I had a big crush on her for a long time. Never really thought she was a particularly great actress, uh, but she's been in some shows that I've uh, enjoyed watching. But her activism of late has just gotten ridiculously out of control. She's, uh, she's been on an anti-gun kick for uh, a while. Uh, started off, I don't know if it started with the Parkland shooting, but it definitely shifted into high gear at that point. Her antics during the Kavanaugh saga have been buffoonish, to say the least. But she, uh, she took it to another level the other day, so much so that even the hosts of the show she was on on MSNBC were giving her side eye. Listen to this. They're speaking to a, a huge portion of the population who agree with them. What do you think about that? Do they agree with him or is he using some sort of like cult-like force to, to try to make them see that? Cult-like force? Really? That's what you're going with. 
Now, she's mad at Kanye West because he deigns to tell people uh, to think for themselves and that they don't have to vote a certain way just because of the pigmentation in their skin. And then she has the gall to suggest that Trump supporters are being mind controlled. Remember that clip I played earlier where the protesters were repeating uh, verbatim what the, the organizer was saying? Well, listen to this. Mic check. Mic check. My name is Alyssa. My name is Alyssa. When I was 19 years old, when I was 19 years old, I was at a concert. I was at a concert of a very famous pop star. Of a very famous pop star who told the crowd, who told the crowd to get closer to her. To get closer to her. This resulted in a stampede. This resulted in a stampede. People were smashed against each other. People were smashed against each other. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. From behind me. From behind me. I felt a hand up my skirt. I felt a hand up my skirt. And I was punched repeatedly. And I was punched repeatedly. In the vagina? In the vagina. I couldn't turn around. I couldn't turn around. I looked to the stage. I looked to the stage. And I looked to the security guards. And I looked to the security guards. And I said, please help me. And I said, please help me. And they couldn't help me. And they couldn't help me. They shook their head. They shook their heads. I managed to break free. I managed to break free. And I climbed up the stage to get away from my predator. And I climbed up the stage to get away from my predator. And I turned around. And I turned around. And I didn't know which one it was. And I didn't know which one it was. I submit that this is more indicative of mind control than anything that's going on with regard to Trump or conservatives or Republicans. But not only that, does anyone else find that story a bit difficult to believe? Now, I know the rules are now that you're supposed to believe all women, but so much about that story just doesn't add up. And I'm not going to get into all that and, and, and start to poke holes in it. But you would think that for someone who's been in the entertainment business for a long time, who's been uh, behind the camera, who's written stories, who's, you, you would think that she would be able to come up with something a little bit more realistic. But with regard to the sexual assault and uh, her Second Amendment stance, in each case, she is exposed as a world-class hypocrite. She doesn't think we should have guns, yet she attends these protests with armed security. She professed her undying love for Bill Clinton, a credibly accused serial sexual predator. Uh, she expressed her undying love for him in a tweet a few years back. And when that resurfaced, she got blasted on Twitter for it. Since then, since the backlash, she stated that uh, he should have been investigated back then. But she hasn't really walked back the sentiment that she expressed. And I would suggest that she talk to uh, Juanita Broderick uh, or Kathleen Willey or Jennifer Flowers or any of the people that have credibly accused Bill Clinton of sexual assault. Because her expressed love 
for Bill Clinton doesn't square with her story of being sexually assaulted or how she reacted to Kavanaugh's accusations as compared to all of the credible accusations against Clinton and how all that compares to uh, Christine Blasey Ford's story. But she is your typical left-wing lunatic where logic and reason never enter into the equation. So I'm just going to leave that there and switch gears here for a second and uh, talk about uh, the Chicago cop that was found guilty this week of uh, murdering Laquan McDonald. Uh, the cop's name is uh, Jason Van Dyke, and he said that, well, let me back up just in case some of you are not familiar with the story. Back in 2014, uh, Laquan McDonald was reported to be acting erratically, uh, brandishing a knife, and the police were called. And when the police arrived on scene, he is said to have stabbed uh one of the officer's tires with with his knife backup was called and Jason Van Dyke arrived on the scene and the dash cam video shows he gets out of his car circles around the back of another uh, another vehicle and almost immediately opens fire based on the dash cam video I would say McDonald was probably I don't know 10, 12 feet away, maybe more, maybe less. And I'm sure there's reports out there that will tell us exactly uh, how far away he was. Uh, I haven't read any of that in a while. But um, he immediately gets out of his vehicle and opens fire. And it's not that he opened fire, I don't think. I think it's that he fired 16 shots. And he continued to shoot for 12 and a half seconds after he was already on the ground. Now, I'm not going to spend uh, a whole lot of time on it, except to say that I am a huge supporter of the police and almost always will give them the benefit of the doubt. But in this case, I think that Van Dyke's use of deadly force was not justified. And he certainly didn't need to empty his magazine into the person as he was already down and I recently rewatched the dash cam video and it looks to me as though he had his mind made up that he was going to shoot as soon as he got out of his vehicle and statements that he made to other officers seem to suggest that having said all that if he had gotten out of his vehicle and double tapped Laquan McDonald and by double tap, I mean fire two shots in rapid succession, as most departments train their officers to do. And then if McDonald had died from those injuries, he may not have even been brought up on murder charges. And if he had, it's likely that he might not have been found guilty because he would have been acting within the rules and regulations of his uh, department. But nevertheless, the way it played out, I think the jury came to the correct decision. But if you're uh, not familiar with the story or haven't watched the, uh, the dash cam footage, uh, I suggest you, you do that and, and make up your own mind. For me, uh, with, with my background in law enforcement, I have a hard time reconciling his story with, uh, with the footage. And as I said, I think the jury came to the correct decision. 
Let's go ahead and take another quick break. And when we get back, uh, I'm going to follow up on something I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago uh, with regard to some new gun laws that California is enacting. So stay tuned and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Big E. Round three. And uh, as I mentioned before the break, uh, California's Governor Moonbeam has signed five new gun control measures into law. Uh, some of these we actually talked about last month um, and others uh, we didn't mention. But um, let's talk about the ones that he actually vetoed because he did veto some. One of the measures he vetoed was... SB 1177, which restricts any firearm purchase to one every 30 days, which is basically just a way to ration uh, firearm purchases. Uh, There are some exceptions to the bill, but we won't get into those because it's pretty much irrelevant at this point. Another one that he vetoed was SB 221, which prohibits gun shows from being conducted at a venue called the Cow Palace. His explanation for vetoing that was that uh, the Authorities for the Cow Palace are better able to determine what shows can be held at in this venue. That is a surprising explanation coming from uh, California and Governor Moonbeam, but uh, we'll take it. And uh, the last one that he vetoed is AB 1903, which prohibits the uh, distribution of gift cards in exchange for firearms and gun buyback programs. He said that uh, his explanation for that was that he understood why they would want to restrict that, but he didn't think that it needed to be micromanaged to that degree. Okay, whatever. The fact that it even came across his desk is pretty silly. So those are the ones that he that he vetoed. Now let's get into the ones he actually signed. The first one that we'll talk about is SB 1100, and... This prohibits the sale or transfer of a firearm by a licensee to anyone under 21 years of age. So basically, if you're a single mother and you're 19, 20 years old, uh, you do not have the right in California, uh, excuse me, California, to defend yourself or your children. The next one he signed was AB 1968, uh, which imposes a, a lifetime prohibition on owning firearms uh, on anyone who has been taken into custody assessed and admitted to a designated facility because he or she is a danger to his or herself or others as a result of a mental health disorder two or more times in one year. SB 1200 refers to gun violence restraining orders, and this one prohibits uh, the named person from having in their custody or control a firearm or ammunition. Now, the definition of ammunition in this bill has been expanded to include magazines. Okay. AB 2526 expands on the gun violence restraining order paradigm, and it allows a judicial officer to issue a temporary emergency gun violence restraining order verbally. So 
with no documentation whatsoever, you can be subject to losing your Second Amendment rights. And as we've seen from recent events, Judge Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh in particular, all it really takes is an accusation and you can lose your right to keep and bear arms. That to me is, is, is pretty scary. But the last bill that Governor Moonbeam signed is uh, AB 3129, which prohibits a person convicted of a misdemeanor uh, domestic violence violation from ever possessing a firearm. Now, I'm pretty sure that the Lautenberg Amendment is already in place, which basically does the same thing. So California likes redundancy, apparently. I'm just glad I don't live in that ridiculous state. All right, we're going to take our final break, and when we get back, we'll get you out of here with some quick hits. Welcome back to the Liberty Cast. Let's get into some quick hits. The fight over Brett Kavanaugh's appointment to the Supreme Court has been dominating the news cycle for weeks now. Uh, And it's overshadowed a lot of the success that Trump has been having. The unemployment rate is at 3.7%. We're seeing a 4.2% GDP growth. And the unemployment rate among Hispanics and black people is at an all-time low. The new trade deal, the uh, USMCA in place, near record high stock market. Uh, The left will tell you that uh, Trump is just riding a wave that was started under President Obama. But I'm not really sure how that can be true when President Trump has made it his business to reverse many, if not all, of the Obama-era policies that put a stranglehold on the economy. So, and now that uh, Kavanaugh has been confirmed, uh, Trump is just having a, a, a banner week. Are you tired of winning yet? I'm not. Right. Uh, I mentioned uh, Murphy Brown uh, in a show a few weeks ago, and uh, it premiered, and I watched the first episode, and it was pretty much as you'd expect. A bunch of people in vagina hats talking about protests and fake news and bashing Donald Trump. Uh, There were one or two lines that I chuckled at, but basically it was just a sad attempt to recapture the glory of a once funny show. I haven't rewatched the original show, uh, but I do remember that it was it was pretty funny. There were a few episodes where I was laughing hysterically, and this was before uh, DVR, so I couldn't really pause it. And so I missed a few minutes after that, those funny scenes, but, and I also didn't pay attention to politics then the way I do now. Uh, I w- was aware they didn't hide the fact that they were leftists, but I don't remember it being particularly uh, vicious or mean spirited uh, at that time. But this time around, it's pretty much devolved to match the level of discourse that we're now experiencing in media today. And, uh, and that's, that's too bad. Have any of you ever heard of an artist named Banksy? Uh, He seems to be an artist of some renown. I guess he got started as a graffiti artist, 
but no one really knows who he is. Uh, but uh, one of his paintings uh, just sold uh, at auction for $1.4 million. And as soon as it sold, a shredder hidden in the frame activated and shredded the painting. Now, I don't know this guy, but to me, that's kind of funny. And apparently, now that uh, the painting is hanging in shreds from the bottom of the, the frame, it's worth even more money. Go figure. Anyway, that is all the time we have today. So let me know in the comments section uh, what you thought, what you liked about the show, what you disliked about the show. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram at the Liberty Cast. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know if there's any topics you want me to tackle. Let me know if there's any topics you think I should stay away from. And uh, just uh, hit me up. Let me know what you think. And with that, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And as always, keep your head on a swivel and stay safe, everybody. Thank you.